0: Here we go. I recorded about two minutes and I realized my microphone wasn't plugged in. So here we are again. Welcome back to another episode of Let's Get Into It. It's me, it's Brie. And I have a really cool episode um, coming out right now. Um, I'm not really sure what my motivation or inspiration was for recording this particular podcast episode. I feel like I knew what it was and then I've I lost it (laughs) like I don't remember what like sparked the idea for this but I thought that I would talk to you guys a little bit about basically how I turned my blog into a business and even I want to take it even a step further back from that and basically like how I even got to the point of starting a blog because I feel like that's really important and I think a lot of people That I have talked to on Instagram if you're not following me on Instagram go do that at livingbreely They're in this state there's the stage I guess in their life where They're maybe like working a corporate job and they're like I kind of want to branch out and do my own thing But I just don't know if it's the right move if it's the right thing for me and I can never tell someone like, oh, you should 100% do this. Like, you know, everyone is different. Everyone has different life circumstances. But I just thought that I would share where I'm coming from um, because I really think there's this misconception that you have to have like a brilliant idea to start a business or that you're special or that you're different from everyone else, that you have like you know, an entrepreneurial mindset. I think people get caught up in this idea of like, oh, you know, I was selling candy bars when I was five. So like, I would be a great entrepreneur. And like, if you weren't that kid that was finding new business ideas when you were really young, that like, you just don't inherently have that entrepreneurship ability, and I think that's really false. Like I think it's a really false narrative. So I I kind of want to back it up to the year twenty fifteen. Um, I I keep saying um a lot. Sorry, I had been working in retail for about five years at that point, and I was about to transfer. To a private university to complete my bachelor's in business admin and I'll be honest I wasn't a great student. I think I was good at being present in the classroom but when it came to studying I wasn't very focused Um, and so when I met with my counselor about transferring she told me that you know um it would be $55,000 a year because it was a private school that I wanted to transfer to. And obviously, I was going to have to take out student loans because I didn't have fifty five k laying around, let alone over $100,000 for the next two <laughs> years laying around. So the one of the things that I think I was really smart to do was I decided to defer for a year and actually go work in the industry that I wanted to work in or the the area of business which was human resources and I really I do hope that this is interesting to you guys and not super boring but at this point in my journey my story I had begun experiencing anxiety and panic attack symptoms, but I wasn't really aware that what I was experiencing was anxiety or was panic. I was definitely stressed with just this transition and was putting a lot of pressure on myself to be good at this new job. So I ended up getting a new job as a recruiter, for a tech company. It was like a startup company that got bought out by a big conglomerate. And if you don't know what a recruiter is, essentially what we do is they are your first contact with the company. So usually if like you submit your resume, a recruiter is the one who reaches out to you to like go through the details of your resume, make sure like you're a good fit, like all of that. And I really thought that this was the perfect entry into human resources, which I really wanted to do. Um, because one, I love people. I love talking to people. I love learning people's stories. So I thought, Oh, for sure, this will be a great fit. And because this was something that I've never done before, I, and I don't know if anyone else can relate to this, where you just go hard. Like if I'm learning something new, if I'm challenging myself in some way, I get a little obsessive. I get like tunnel vision where I need to learn everything and anything. I will read books. I will take classes. I will (laughs) like listen to podcasts. I will talk to people. Like any knowledge that I can get about something I'm learning like I want it. And this really showed up with this new job because it's something I had never done before. And I think when you add, if you're already someone who is disposition to anxiety and you add pressure and stress on top of that, it is a mixing pot. It's a witch's brew (laughs) of anxiety, just like waiting to erupt. And that's eventually what happened. I was working 12 hours a day, if not more, like I would bring my work home and I would work after hours, I would take calls. Um, The head of our HR department was actually in Los Angeles and they had different hours. So I started at 7 a.m. I think they started at like 10 a.m. and they worked till 7 p.m. So I would sometimes be on the phone with my boss until like 7 p.m. at night and then be at work by 7 a.m. the next morning. And I had my HR boss. She's actually was really cool. The boss that I reported to in-house was (laughs) interesting. He was a character. I still, I'm grateful for the experience that I had with him, but it was definitely, he was definitely tough and he was hard on me and he pushed me and he challenged me. And he kind of reminds me of like a football coach, So we started at 7 a.m., right? So he would be in my office at, like, 6.50 in the morning, like, yelling, like, get the day started, yeah, let's go, like, trying to pump me up, and your girl's just not, I'm not a morning person, like, I'm never going to be a morning person, I don't want to be a morning person, I don't think you have to be a morning person to be successful, Um he had a very different philosophy. And so that was already like a clash of the Titans <laughs> um, between the two of us. But he, he pushed me a lot. And I was like, bro, I'm at this. And again, I wasn't cognitive enough to understand that I was experiencing anxiety, that all of the stress and pressure was getting to me. And there were a lot of things like, obviously, you, we have better vision like looking back, right? We have 2020 vision looking back. And I I see now that there was a lot of situations in that position that were out of my control and I needed those things to be successful in my position. And that's a really big thing I think when you work in corporate is like you might know like, okay, I need these resources, I need these tools, I need these things to be in place in order to make me successful. But there's like 60 people ahead of you, above you that won't allow that to happen, right? So it's almost becomes out of your control. And I'm not saying, you know, to use that as an excuse. But looking at it now from like an outsider's perspective, I was trying to control an uncontrollable situation. And as much as I wanted to be successful there and like continue to work there, I knew with a boss, the type of boss that I had in-house, I wasn't going to be able to get there. And so after about a year, and at this point, my anxiety was full on. And I was like, there's something wrong like i was sweating like cold sweats um shaky nervous um wasn't sleeping great wasn't i was overeating at that point um quite a bit because like it was just a stress reliever for me and that's still something that i kind of try to stay away from as far as like stress eating cuz i find myself doing that sometimes. I think that's just a human thing. I don't think it's a problem for me, but at that point like it definitely was. Um yeah, I was miserable. I was absolutely miserable. So I decided to leave. And that was really difficult for me because I also felt a huge sense of shame and disappointment because I had looked at my dad's career. And he had been in the same industry for 35 years. He had worked at the same position for over 15 years. So my mindset was, I'm going to start a job and I'm going to work there for 15 years. (laughs) And that clearly didn't happen. I was there for a year and I was like there's no way I could do this for 15 years. I would be dead. <laughs> like I would be dead if I had to work that job for 15 years. Um cuz my body was just falling apart. Um cuz anxiety really does it it I don't think it physically hurts you, but it, you have physical symptoms. And there's only so much psychologically that you can take when you're having those physical symptoms. So, yeah, I had to leave. I quit. I did the right thing. I, t- I gave my two weeks notice. Like I work, I trained my replacements. You know, I did my due diligence in that way. And I'm really proud of how I left that job. And at that time, it was kind of great because I was like, in touch again with my counselor, admissions counselor for the private school that I wanted to go to. And they were like, oh, we got your transcripts. And actually, like, we need you to take these two other classes before you can transfer. And I was like, oh, okay. (laughs) So after taking a year off of school, like the idea of having to go back to school was just like not exciting to me at all. And I think it was like a dumb class. I think it was like a history class that I had to take. Like it wasn't anything super challenging. So luckily I had uh, had enough savings that I didn't have to find a job right away. So I decided to take a little bit of a break. I think for which when I say a break was like three months (laughs) because I ended up getting a job for a multi-billion dollar financial institution here in Southern California. And I actually took a pay cut to take this job, but it was very promising as far as um, like a career succession plan. Like uh, there was a lot of room for growth. And The thing about financial institutions also that I should mention is there's a lot of red tape, which I did not know going into the position, which when I say red tape, it's again, it's making changes. Like if you wanted to make a change, I'll give you an example. As a recruiter, they they had certain questions that you had to ask every candidate. And if you wanted to deviate from that script of questions you had to like go through this whole chain of command to change one question so and and these interviews they weren't like free-flowing they weren't they weren't fun it was the same questions over and over and over again it was the same process over and over and over again and it was so corporate. Like I came from like the start, if you ever worked for a startup, it's a very laid back, like casual, very kind of easy going. And then I go into this bank and I knew, I fucking knew on the first day, because when I interviewed for the position, I didn't interview where I would be working. I interviewed like offsite. So when I walked into the building on the first day, it was like security galore, which like I get it. It's a bank. Um, we're protecting people's information. And then I walk into to the part of the building where I would be working and it was a cubicle farm. When I say cubicle farm, I mean, it was just like rows of cubicles in like a warehouse style building. And it was quiet as a mat. Like you could hear a pen drop. It was so quiet, and I'm. I don't know if you guys have caught on, but I am not a very quiet person. <laughs> like I am when I need to be, and like I'm super focused, but like 90% of the time, your girl's not quiet. <laughs> so this is already going to be a problem. And I just knew. I knew from the moment I stepped into that office, it wasn't a good fit, and they were so structured. I think we started at 8 a.m. I had to take my lunch at, like, 11.30, maybe, Um, where before, like, I could go to lunch whenever I wanted to and, like, come back, like – of course, like, I only took an hour, but, like, I could do, like, I could come and go as I pleased if I wanted to run to Starbucks at my old job. Like, I could do that. Here, you could not do that. So, uh, yeah, it was just not a good fit. I, I, I did like some of the people that I worked with, but, again, it was very, like, corporate and stuffy, and I just wasn't – I knew that it wasn't for me, and I kept putting myself – In these positions, like, I was trying to squeeze myself into these environments, like, even with the last job, even at school, and then with working at this bank, like, I kept trying to put myself in these positions that I truly did not belong to, and I was so disconnected from myself, and i started getting depressed and i remember my anxiety was at the point where it was the highest it had ever been and i was driving to work with a garbage bag in the passenger seat because i thought i was going to throw up every day i did this i drove to work with a garbage bag because i my anxiety was so high that i thought i was going to throw up and i it wasn't registering me with like hey this isn't normal and this isn't healthy. If you're so stressed out and you're so anxious, you probably should reevaluate some things. And I just didn't have that connection. There was just just huge disconnect between my body, my mind, And just self and source, like really, like the life source. Like, you know, I'm not trying to get, you know, religious or metaphysical or too esoteric here, but I do believe that there's something inside each of us that we have to stay connected to. And I was so disconnected from that. Like, I kind of think of like, this might be the nerd in me, but I think of like a server room. If you've ever been into like a server room where... You know, like there's a bunch of boxes and cables. Like I think of all of them being unplugged, like all of my servers were unplugged at that point. And the new year rolled around and I ended up getting really sick actually at work. I will spare you the details of that, but I came home and I was sick for like two weeks. And at that point, I'd already submitted my notice. Like, I knew that I needed to change, like something needed to happen. I was like, I don't know what's going on. I had like no direction. I was like, I need to transfer to this new school. I don't even know if I'm going to have time to work a full-time job. All of these things were kind of popping up. And on top of that, I was like, really becoming aware of how limited my ability to just do anything was because I was so anxious and stressed and overworked. And after I got sick, I had, I think, like I I put in my two weeks notice and then I was sick for like a week and a half of that. And I think I had like three more days or something. And this is the most unprofessional thing I've ever done. And I carried a lot of shame with this for a very long time, I was getting ready to go back to work. I got ready that day and I could just like feel it in my body that I was done. But again, I still pushed through and I was like, I'm going to get in my car. I'm going to drive to work. I'm going to finish out my three days and it will be, you know, it will be fine. And I show up to work. I pull into the parking lot. I park my car and I'm sitting there and I'm looking at the front doors. I'm watching people get in, you know, get out of their cars, walk into work. And I'm like, I can't do it. I physically cannot get out of this car right now. And I just start bawling my eyes out because I'm like, I think that there's something inherently wrong with me because everyone i know is doing is doing this like they're all going to work they've all at this point a lot of my the people that like i'm friends with they've already graduated college they're working their corporate jobs and i'm like still in this like weird limbo situation and i'm like how come i can't get out of this car and go into my job my like really well-paying job like my stability this great career succession plan I can't I can't get out of the car. And I call my mom and I'm just like crying and she's like, it's fine. Like quit. If you can't do it, you can't do it. Oh, there's a plane going by. Sorry. So I call up my boss and I said, I'm really sorry, but I'm not coming back. And that was it. That was the end of it. And again, I I carried shame around a lot for probably until last year over this because it was unprofessional. And I think I felt disappointed in myself and I felt embarrassed because again like it was all of the things that like you would want in a job and I wasn't it wasn't enough for me it didn't make me happy and so I came home and sat on my couch for two weeks I read The Power of Now and I was like yo I gotta do something and I had wanted to start a blog I had been talking about it for probably like four years prior to that, and I originally wanted to start a blog about dating and dating apps because at that time, four years prior to that, like me and all my girlfriends were on Tinder, and we were like going on all of these dates, and we are like, oh my gosh, like, you know, trading experiences and like all of that, and I thought that would be really fun, but I never did it, and then I wanted to start a blog about traveling but I didn't do that either. And so I had all these ideas for blogs and I just never did it. And I'm sitting there for two weeks, like literally on the couch and I'm like, what the fuck am I going to do? <laughs> like, what am I going to do? I got to do something. I had like a bunch of creative energy. And that's when I got the idea to start my blog, Living Breely. And I partially started, and I've said this before in like other part podcasts, like I was doing a lot of research on anxiety because at that point I had admitted to myself, there's something going on mentally. Am I depressed? Am I anxious? Am I stressed out? Like what is going on? And so I was Googling all this stuff and everything that came up as far as like anxiety was either super clinical, where it was like the statistics, say, and the medications. And then the other side of it was like, wake up at 5am and meditate and like drink this like ashwagandha, spirulina, like tincture things. And it was almost like too woo woo. And I was like, where's the middle here? Because I do believe in science. And I do believe in these other more metaphysical practices. So where's the, where's the middle ground here? And I couldn't find anything that just really connected with me. And that's what kind of gave me the inspiration to start my blog was, I wish I could say that it was altruistic, that I was, that I had other people in mind and I wanted to like help save the world. And so no one ever had to experience anxiety again. But my intentions were very much self-motivated. Like I wanted to create a space that I was looking for that I couldn't find. And so that's how my blog started. And I think I'm going to end it there and do another podcast episode, maybe in a couple of weeks of just how I took the blog and and brought it into the business side of things. But I, I really, I wanted to share this because One, I don't think I've ever talked about it. I've talked about it in chunks and like pieces. Like I've shared a little bit of it on my Instagram stories. I've shared a little bit of it in blog posts and on other podcasts, but I've never done like a full recording of like from here to here. And yeah, I'm really grateful that I recorded this. And if you listen to the whole thing, I appreciate you and I love you. And I'm so grateful for you. And I hope that this was helpful of you know if you're in a spot right now where you're not loving your job like realize that it's okay to walk away from things even if to other people it seems like a good situation like it's like oh you should be really grateful and you should be really happy um, anytime i hear the word sh- the word should like the word should anytime i hear the word should in a sentence or what if i know that's anxiety talking and yeah, if you're in one of those positions where things are from the outside look good, but you don't feel good, it's okay to reevaluate and walk away from them if if they're not what you want to do. And I think that's my whole point of sharing this episode is I want people to know that they're fully capable of really creating any type of life that they want, even if it doesn't make sense to other people. So I will leave you with that. I love you guys so much. Thank you so much for listening to this. Share it with a friend if it connected with you. Please leave a little review, a five-star rating if you can, and I will talk to you guys next week. All right, be kind, be well, be grateful, love you, mean it, bye.